Thank you for listening to Christ Church Showmans. This is Jared Sparks, one of the pastors at Christ Church Carbondale. We want to thank you so much for listening, as Ransom said, my son. And we ultimately hope that these are God-honoring. And because they are God-honoring, we hope that they are also edifying and encouraging and, and challenging to you in the best sort of way. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, I'm just going to stand here so I can talk with Lido and Deanna. You can go and turn to Acts chapter 20 if you want to follow along. And I'm primarily going to be speaking with Lido and Deanna and primarily with Lido. It's going to be a great joy to be a part of this ordination service and do something that's been happening all the way back since the laying on of hands of Timothy, young Timothy, and the people of God have been doing this, commissioning specific men into pastoral ministry down through the history of the church. And it's a great high and holy privilege to be a part of this this morning. The ordination of Lido Tecderis. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We ask for direction. I thank you for this man and his wife. I thank you that the two have become one flesh. And God, you're delighted with this day. I thank you for continuing to call people into the special work of shepherding the flock. And this is something that Lido has been doing for a very long time. And the care that this couple have given so many people is so evident, and everybody around them knows it and loves them for it. And so we thank you for their heart together as a couple, and I thank you specifically for Lido's heart as a shepherd. Lead this time, I trust that you will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I have respected both of you for a very long time. I told you a couple weeks ago about the first time I hung out with Lido, which was at River to River. And one of the first things I noticed is that everybody knew Lido. It was amazing. We got there, and literally everybody at River to River, it was like 20,000 people that like all turned and said, Lido! And not that many, but there was a lot. Everybody knew Lido, and I got to spend time with him that day with our River to River team. And I had just started running. I mean, I've been running for several years, but this is my first time ever running River to River. And so we had met at Christian Covenant Fellowship in Carterville, and... Um, just kind of become buddies and started talking, and you know, I knew that Lido loved preaching through the Bible, and, and you were teaching a class on Wednesday night. When we first started, I think it was Isaiah, when, when you were uh, teaching through Isaiah on Wednesday nights, but, um, and we hit it off, and I enjoyed hanging out with you and your friends, but Mark was running that year. I think Mark was his second or third to last year of running, and um, so we were running, and one of the things that I noticed is that through the day, you just had a way with you, that people really respected you and liked you, and at lunchtime, you open your lunchbox or lunch bag, I forget exactly what it was, or a snack bag, and there was a note that you had from Deanna, and Deanna had written, written you a note, and I remember thinking, this, is a, this, was a, this guy's got a good wife, and it was a note of encouragement, and you said, hey, you nudge me, I don't think you remember this, but you nudged me, and you handed over the note to me and let me read it, and I read it, and it was prayer, it was a prayer for Lido that he would have a day that he would enjoy, and also that he'd be able to talk to people about Jesus that day, it was just a really special note. I remember thinking that, man, this is, a, this is a really cool couple. And uh, I recognize, based on your love for the people at Garage Church, and you've been caring for people at Garage Church, how many years now has Garage Church been going? 15 years. And so that is really, it's been a church family that's, that's been meeting at your house and, and various houses over the last 15 years that you've been loving and caring for and shepherding. So this work of shepherding, you've informally been doing this. And even I mean, we're, we're basically recognizing what God has been doing in both of you, but in you specifically, Lido, for 15 years. Um, so I, I love you, and I really appreciate your friendship, and I know that you love Jesus. And um, everybody who knows Lido knows that he's a man who really loves Jesus. He draws you in, loves the Bible, he loves the God of the Bible. And Deanna, even though I'm specifically talking to Lido, you have a huge part of this, because 
without your godliness and without the one flesh nature of your marriage and without uh, your love for the Lord, for the bride, and for the Bible, Leto wouldn't be qualified. And because you love God's word, you love the Lord, and you love Leto and the bride, the church, um, is a huge thing. And so I want to commission you as well to keep loving Jesus, keep following your husband, and keep loving the Lord and honoring his word. And uh, it's a high and holy thing to be a pastor's wife. Um, before we go any further, I, I asked Ian. Ian's not here today, and I wanted Ian to be here because I wanted him to step up. And he couldn't be here, so I asked him to give me some comments about this day for you specifically. And so, uh, other than me, you're the first person to hear these words. And so I'm going to read what Ian has to say to you today um, for this special day. This is Ian Tecaderis. It's with deep regret that I'm unable to be here for this joyous moment today. Uh, many of you know that I come to know the Lord through college ministry while away from home. Through the ministry, my eyes and ears were opened to come to a true knowledge of Jesus Christ. However, it is without a doubt in my mind that my father, Leto, planted thousands of seeds in 18 years that I spent at home. Being raised by my father is one of the greatest, er, is one of the greatest earthly gifts that the Lord has given me. I'm assured that this high calling he has been brought to was ordained by God before the foundation of the world. Standing before you as a great man of God, though not tall in stature, he made sure to put a smiley face emoji right there. <laughs> he is a man who greatly fears God, joyously loves the brotherhood, sacrificially lays down his life for the good of his neighbor. I can remember many times before I came to faith that I would see him do things I always questioned and thought, thought to be strange. I now know he was only living in humble obedience to the word of God, confirming the calling and election as the day is long. It is with great pleasure that I write these words to affirm, confirm, and exhort and encourage my father as he is ordained as an elder at Christ Church Carbondale. He stands among a, a cloud of many witnesses as a man who embodies 1 Timothy chapter 3, Titus chapter 1, and 1 Peter chapter 5. Though he is not perfect, he is flawed in many ways, my dad. But he truly does embody what it means to be Christ-like in character. I am grateful for this body that he and my mother have here. I pray that you all are blessed by the love of my father and continue in the faith, holding fast to the word of truth. Dad, I love you, and I know that if I'm half the man that you are, in the Lord will do mighty things through me. What father doesn't want to hear words like that from his son? First Timothy 3 and Titus chapter 1 tell of the qualifications of an elder. First Peter 5 lays out what an elder pastor does, along with Acts chapter 20. But I want you to know that a vast majority of, women, of men are prohibited from the office of elder. Most men are not called to this work. Most men are not qualified for this work. 1 Timothy 3, verse 1 through 7. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. 
For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for the church of God? He must not be a recent convert, or he may be puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he might not fall into disgrace, into the snare of the devil. As we read through these qualifications, we're reminded of what God's demands are for God's men. As I look at the household, I see a strong marriage. I see your love for Deanna and Deanna's love for you. Now, you guys have been through a lot, lot, lot the last few years. We talked about that briefly last week, and then with Sean and with Krista, there's so many things you're going through with uh, Dennis and your mother, and um, it just, you know, th- things have just been piling on, and you guys have walked through that with radiance and grace, even through tears and tiredness. You guys have carried yourself with dignity. When I think about being above reproach, I think about, I can't think of any disqualifying characteristic. When I think able to teach, I think about your ability to draw people in, to teach sound doctrine, but to draw people to be in awe of the Father. And these two pictures that come to my mind when I think about Leto, I think the fatherhood of God. I think about your willingness and your love to be able to just talk to your Father. Father, Father, Father is always on your tongue. And I think about King Jesus, all, all hail to the King. All hail to the King. And I just want to put my fingers in the air like Candace Overdeen or whatever her name is in that one show and say, all hail to the King. You draw people into awe of the Father and into the service of the King. And you've walked humbly through difficulty. God has been honored by your obedience and your love of Him and love for each other. In Acts chapter 20, I want to highlight several things. Freedom, courage. I want you to be commissioned to pay attention to yourself and to the flock. I want to encourage you and challenge you to fight the wolves. And I want to commend you to God and the word of His grace. First, freedom. Look at verse 24 in chapter 20. Here's what it says. Actually, uh, starting in verse um, 18. You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plot of the Jews, and how I did not shrink back from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both the Jews and Greeks of repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing What will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not count my life of any value nor precious to myself, if I only may finish my course in the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul said, I do not shrink from declaring you the whole counsel of God, excuse me, But I do not account my life of any value nor precious to myself. I want to challenge you, Leto, to not count your life of any value nor precious to yourself. Uh, That would put Paul on the counseling chair today. Statements like that. And for us to say things like that, people would say, well, that's kind of weird. It's what Paul said and it's what every pastor should say. Don't value your life. Leto, do not value your life. Keep losing your life. Keep dying to yourself. Keep putting others before you put yourself. This is a lifelong pursuit. You're several years older than I am, and I won't be ashamed to say that. You're getting older in age. Not old, but older in age. But you still have a battle to fight. Keep denying yourself and losing your life. Finish your course in ministry. You're on the last third of your life. You've lived a lot of life. You've smiled a lot, cried a lot, messed up a lot, been forgiven much. You've grown a lot, and God has been faithful to you when you were young and when you were old, and he is not done with you. He's calling you something to, in something new. You've been pastoring people, as we've stated, for a very long time already. 
He's built you for this. He's made you for this. He's called you to this. And it's going to be our joy to recognize that. As Paul received his ministry to testify of God's grace, this is the work of every pastor. Paul was commissioned to the grace of God, and so are you. You have received a ministry to testify to the grace of God. This is what Paul said, from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Never get over the grace of God. Second, I want to just call you to freedom in Christ to not count your life as any value, but also want to call you to courage, verse 26 and 7. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all of you, for I did not shrink back from declaring you the whole counsel of God. Courage. You can be innocent of the blood of the people of Christ Church Carbondale, of the people in your small group, of Garage Church family, of people that are all around you in your neighborhood. If you do not shrink back, you can be innocent of the blood of the people around you. Do not shrink back. There are pastors all across this land with blood on their hands. They shrink back and are shrinking back and will shrink back and they will not declare the whole counsel of God. God's men don't do that. God's men square their shoulders up and preach and proclaim the truth and they keep doing it the rest of their life. They counsel with the truth. They disciple with the truth. They love their wife with the truth. They love their kids with the truth. They love their neighbors with the truth. They do not shrink back in fear. They do declare the whole counsel of God. And like Paul, they say, I am innocent of the blood of all of you. Many pastors and elders love positions of authority, but only when they're praised by people for it. This is not a position. If you want to be praised, you don't do this kind of stuff. You just don't. And we live in a day when shrinking back wins the approval of the masses and God is not impressed. Don't be ashamed. I know you're not, but don't be ashamed ever of any word in the Bible. Give people the word. 28, pay attention. Verse 28, pay attention. Pay careful attention to yourself and all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he has obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Pay attention. We're told to pay attention to yourself and the flock. When, when Paul was saying this, he was talking to a group of pastors from Ephesus. And they were all gathering around on the beach, sending, sending their farewell to Paul. And Paul was commissioning them. He's telling them, pastors, here's what you're going to do. This, you need to pastor the flock. You've got to pay attention to yourself and to the flock. We have to, as God's men, called to be pastors and shepherds of the sheep, to know our own weaknesses well, but to know the Savior better. Be acquainted with your areas of struggle and sin propensities. Don't be in the dark about that. Keep talking to Deanna, and, and wives are really good about this, and we're really good about this with our wives, pointing out areas that we need to grow. And instead of being offended, hear her when she says, Lito, why do you do this? This is hard. This is really hard. When Jordan points something out at me, it's just, I wish I could just say that I always handle it with grace and kindness. It's a hard thing. Know yourself well. Your wife knows you very well. Deanna, you know him better than anybody else. And so lean into her wisdom about your own weaknesses. But know your Savior better. Don't be so bogged down by your sinfulness that you fail to see that your sins are that way. And God's grace has cast those as far as the east is from the west. That they're, they're gone. They're taken away from you. Jesus took them from you. And then keep watching the flock. You start by taking care of the flock that's closest to you. So that's always going to be your wife. You shepherd your wife before you shepherd the sheep. She's the closest sheep to you. And so you take care of Deanna. Keep fighting for her. She's the flock that you're going to have by your bedside, and you'll be by her bedside. Care for the church. Care for the church, not just your bride, but the bride, Christ's bride, because Christ's bride was bought with a price. She belongs to God, so care for her. And then fight. 
pastors have to fight. Fight the wolves. Verse 29 and 30. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come among you, not sparing the flock. And from your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Fierce wolves come with a title of pastor. That's what Paul's warning these elders at Ephesus. They're going to come in and rise up amongst yourself, not just amongst the church, but amongst elders. They're going to come with titles, and they're going to come with position. They're going to come with prestige. And in fact, they're wolves to fight. False teachers and false teaching is everywhere. Don't back down from protecting the sheep. This is one of the most difficult tasks of a shepherd because sheep will turn on shepherds who are defending them. And they'll say, why are you doing that? Why are you shooting? That's not a wolf. That's a nice guy. That's a nice girl. Why are you saying avoid them? People will tell you you're making a mountain out of a molehill. People will say, come on, man. Why are you fighting your teammates? They're a brother. They're a sister. They won't understand. And yet you're going to have to keep fighting. You're going to bleed. And God will see and he will care for you as you care for his bride. In 32, I want to commend you to the word of God and to the testimony of his grace. Look at verse 32. This is amazing. To the churches at Ephesus, to the elders at Ephesus, down to the elders at Christ Church Carbondale, and even Lido Tecderis. 31, therefore be alert. Remember that for three years I did not cease to admonish you day or night, to admonish every one of you with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Paul commissions elders to God and the word of his grace. Pastors intimately know how much they need God's grace. It's a lie to say that the longer we walk with God, the more holiness we actually have, the less and less we need God's grace. That's a lie. The more holiness we have, the more desperate we are for God's grace. Pastors are commended and you are commended to God and to the word of his grace. So Lido, you belong to the God of the universe, this God that you call Father. This King that you follow as a servant. He is your Father, you are his Son. Don't ever, ever, ever forget that, that he is gracious to you. He is kind to you, he loves you, you're his Son. God's grace is there for you no matter what. There for us, no matter what. Paul's point is, pastor, don't ever get over God's grace. Ever, ever, ever. His grace is what you need for the mission. And so like Paul commended the elders at Ephesus to God and his grace, I commend you today, Lido Tecderis, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. It is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those whom are sanctified. Christ Church elders and all the men that are ordained in this room, would you please come forward? We're going to gather around Lido and Deanna. So if you have been ordained, if you're an elder here, come gather around Lido and Deanna. Lido, if you guys stand up, go ahead and stand up. And what I'm going to ask each of you to do, if you want to come and pray as well, you can come up and pray for Lido and Deanna. And Deanna, if you can go ahead and stand up here as well. And to be clear, we're not ordaining De- Deanna today. We're ordaining Lido today. But these two are one flesh, and God's grace is upon Deanna as well. So we're going to pray for them as one flesh. If anybody else wants to come and gather up and pray, you can. I'm going to pray. I'm going to start. And then, Andy, if you would finish. And anybody, if you want to come or want to pray where you're at, just pray over them. It's going to be our joy to welcome, uh, welcome Lido into the company of elders of Christ Church Carbondale.
Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for a friend and a brother. Uh, I thank you for this one flesh that's before us. I thank you for Lido and Deanna, for your call in both of their lives. They are your children. They both are equal shares in the inheritance that's there for them, that's been secure for them before the foundation of the world. You love them as a son and daughter, and you've put them together on purpose, and you have called them to serve you and love you and help your people and your bride. And God, I thank you for that. I thank you for the specific call, the unique call that you've put on Lido's, Lido's life that's for very few men. Very few men called to this great and noble work. If anyone aspires to the office of elder, he desires a noble task. This is a noble calling. He's been walking as a servant for years. He has been following you and loving people, living sacrificially, as Ian said. And God, it's our joy today to recognize in him your call on his life. To shepherd this people, to shepherd me, to care for us, to bleed for us, to fight for us, to love us. God, it's going to be our joy as a congregation, as a church member here, and as a fellow elder. It's going to be my joy to submit to him, to love him, to pray for he and Deanna, and to do all that I can to lay my life down for them. God, we thank you for this call that's on their life and that's specifically on Lido's life here today. As Timothy was ordained through the laying on of hands, it's our joy to impart this gift formally of eldership to Lido here today.